Hey guys, it's Scott. So huge, huge day over here. Release day for Night of the Ghoul, the third book from our Best Jacket Press line with Comixology Originals. We Have Demons was two weeks ago, Clear was one week ago, and now here's our third Night of the Ghoul with Francesca Francavilla, one of my close friends and one of the best artists in the industry. I couldn't be prouder of this book, really of all three, I think. If you like any of them, please go tell the artists because they're doing next level acrobatics on these things. And I'm just so grateful and honored to be a part of them. But so Night of the Ghoul is the story of the greatest horror movie of all time from the 1930s called Night of the Ghoul, which was lost in a deadly studio fire that killed a bunch of people and was never seen by anyone. And the comic picks up with a man named Forrest Inman in the present, who's kind of a down-on-his-luck dad who always wanted to be in film but now works digitizing old movies for the studio. And he comes across the fragments and the remnants of what he believes to be this film, Night of the Ghoul, this legendary lost masterpiece. And he watches them, and the story starts with him having tracked down the writer-director of Night of the Ghoul, who is still alive at 100 plus years old, but is in hospice care in a rest home out in the middle of the desert in California. And so Forrest takes his son, who's also a horror fan, or was before they had a falling out. And the two of them go to this rest home to try and find out the truth about what happened with this movie. And everything spirals into a horrifying, <laughs> a horrifying, deadly, claustrophobic nightmare from there. Because as soon as they walk in and they speak to T.F. Merritt for the first time, who's the writer-director, he tells them they never should have come there because the ghoul is real and it's in the building and it's going to kill all of them. So it's one of my favorite books I've ever been a part of, and it comes from a really pure place. The origin story of the book starts in about 2015, 2016, when Francesco and I were just chatting about our love of classic horror films we both were huge fans of all the Universal Monsters, and Francesco does a lot of work on the side doing posters and lobby cards and tributes to classic horror films. And I was complimenting on some of them that I had reposted, and we started talking about how we felt with everything going on in the world in 2016, it was time for kind of a new classic monster. Wouldn't it be great if we could do a series where we started to create new monsters but in the mold of, you know, things like the Wolfman and the Mummy and, and vampires, Dracula, Frankenstein, all that kind of stuff. And so I started playing around with it and came up with this idea for a monster called the ghoul that hides in a human host and gestates for many, many years and eventually emerges and causes plagues that will wipe out whole civilizations. And nobody knows how many ghouls there are. Nobody knows how many are still around all of it. So it's, it's, it's also, it's the monster in our mythology that's responsible for all other monsters because the terrible diseases and plagues that it's caused are the catalyst for all these legends. So for example, a, a terrible plague it caused that made blood not clot and coagulate after you die caused the, the myths of vampires. And, you know, like another one that, that was like a neurologically debilitating parasite caused the zombie myth and legend. And so it's kind of the granddaddy of all monsters, even though nobody's ever heard of it. So the fun is taking this thing, ghoul, which is sort of right now, like the 
little brother or the B team monster for all these other great monsters that you've heard of and, and elevating it to royal status. So it's a lot of fun. I love the book. And one thing I'd say is I think the, the movie that Francesco and I were talking about, if I remember correctly, that started the Night of the Ghoul creative conversations was Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead is like my favorite horror movie <laughs> of all time. That and, and Frankenstein. Frankenstein is my favorite book. But Night of the Living Dead, I remember vividly seeing that film because when I was growing up in New York City, there was a video store on 26th Street and 3rd Avenue called The Video Stop. I still remember it. It was one of the longest lasting video stores in the city too. So it was still even there like 10 years ago. I remember the smell of the cardboard boxes. I remember the carpet. Like I loved going there. And one of the secrets about it was that it wouldn't rent R-rated movies to kids, but they would deliver them to your house if you called. So it was this neighborhood secret. And um, we would always order like the worst films, obviously, like Sleepaway Camp 2 and, you know, uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night and all that kind of 80s slasher stuff. And one day I rented Night of the Living Dead and I was so disappointed when it came and it was black and white. And I was just like, ugh, you know, I must have been like 10 years old, 11 years old, maybe 12, something like that. But I was like, ugh, I'll watch it, whatever. And I watched it. And it really upset me and I couldn't tell why. And it gave me legit nightmares. Like it was the first film ever that caused me anxiety and like panic attacks about the possibility of, of zombies. And I had seen all this other gory, horrifying stuff. And I didn't understand why this film got under my skin so much. And I told people that I hated it. I remember being like, that film sucks and it's awful and don't watch it. And eventually I returned to it years later when I was, you know, more of a teenager and I wanted to be a writer at that point. And I kind of took it apart and realized why it was so great. For me, it, it was a perfect example of horror. And I've said this before in the class, I think, but horror to me, when done right, is like a pure form of conflict where you're facing off with monsters or villains that are essentially pure extensions of your worst fears and your nightmares about the world, about yourself, about those things when it's done right. So it's almost like conflict on steroids. Because that's what conflict is in drama too, right? It's just done through different layers. So this is almost like with all of those layers peeled away in the most raw fashion possible. But that movie, what, what I love about it is that it was, it was so merciless in its execution. It was about the zombies are what's scary at first, but ultimately it's this pressure cooker, almost theatrical kind of claustrophobic play about how we deserve the zombies that we can't get along, even in the face of this horrible cataclysm and this marching death towards us long enough to survive a single day or night. So it, it was so powerful. All the characters I thought would survive didn't. And the young couple, not only are they destroyed and burned alive at the gas pump, but eaten like in front of you. The daughter downstairs who was bitten, which is one of the most horrifying scenes in all cinema, kills her own parents. I'm sorry for all the spoilers, but if you haven't seen the film, it's literally like 60 years old. So you've had a long time to watch it. And then the ending, you know, the, the incredibly powerful ending where Ben, who survived the whole night, is killed by militias coming around who don't even care to, to see if he's alive. With all of the echoes of, of civil rights and the zeitgeist of that time, like cooked into the DNA of that film, coming out in the 60s and, and having that be Having that be the monster, you know, the monster is the zombies, but the zombies really are the, the mirror that reflect the worst aspects of ourselves. 
that was powerful and, and it really stuck with me. And I think that's why it gave me such trouble as a kid. Like I had seen at that point, like Return of the Living Dead, which is, you know, spooked me out, but was just like a funny horror comedy gore fest. And Lena Quigley was like my first crush from that film, all of that. Anyway, another story for another day. But Night of the Ghoul, inspired by great classic horror, but done in a way that's more modern with a, a very spooky twist. I hope you enjoy it. Again, you can get all the books from Comixology Originals. We have Demons Clear and Night of the Ghoul for the price of one issue of one comic a month. If you subscribe to Comixology Unlimited, Tyler, if you can stick that link right here. And if you have Prime, you already have access to them. But the goal with Comixology Unlimited, again, the reason I'm shilling so hard for it is because I have so many friends and people I admire and great creators from the past who I've seen on Comixology Unlimited, who books are available to you for free with that same subscription or for the price of that subscription. So Frank Miller, Neil Gaiman, Ariella Christentina, Mark Bernadan, Chip Zdarsky, Jeff Lemire, like all those books, over 40,000 books are available to you to fall in love with comics all over again. If you get that subscription, then you can go to your store, buy everything you want for your shelf. I believe that's kind of the methodology that just strengthens the industry. So other news, Detroit Comic-Con was awesome. Thank you guys so much for showing up. My hand is sore from signing, but I am happy. And it was great seeing Brother Greg and Donnie Cates and Ben Percy and Liam Sharp, who are all amazing. And you should go follow all of them. And after talking to Donnie, I was thinking, for those of you who are taking the class and in the paid subscription format of this newsletter, wouldn't it be fun if Donnie came and talked to us next session a week from tomorrow about characterization? So Donnie was kind enough to agree. We're going to have a blast. I'll look at a couple of his books. If you want to take a look ahead of time, we're going to look at the beginning of Baby Teeth. We're going to look at the beginning of God Country. And then we're going to look at the beginning of his Venom run. And I'll talk about characterization in general with some of my stuff. And then Donnie will come on towards the end of the class to chat and answer your questions. And we'll have a great time. He's a good friend and we always have a blast. So if you haven't signed up, you can still sign up. All the old classes are available to you. They're archived in video and audio, and all of it. It's only seven bucks a month. So you sign up, you can take one class. If you don't like it, you can drop it. But I'm very proud of the fact that it's only been going up. So if you take it, my hope is that you'll love it and, and keep going because I'm having such a great time doing it. A couple other quick things. There's some amazing creators with books out this week and next week. This week, please go check out Destroy All Monsters by Pal Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Legendary team. The Reckless series is amazing. I've loved everything they've done. This one is really, really great. Don't miss it. Also, uh, Gunslinger Spawn by Buddy Aleshkot and Todd McFarlane, Todd Father, who's also a good friend, and Brett Booth and Philip Tan and Kevin Keane, I think. So I'm sure that'll be a huge amount of fun. And next week... Big, big releases from Friends. We have House of Slaughter from the mind of James Tynan and his amazing series, Something is Killing the Children, the spinoff about Erica Slaughter's House of, of Monster Killers by Tate Bromble, Werther Del Adera, and Chris Sheehan, I think. It's just, it's going to be great. And our brother on uh, all our best jacket books, or a lot of our best jacket books, Darren Bennett and his Anne World Designer are, are lettering. 
Check that out. New Burn also by pal Chip Zdarsky and Jacob Phillips of That Texas Blood, Sean Phillips' son also, which is my dream to have like my kid come and, and be a uh, comic book writer as well. But I feel like all of them are going to go become ultimate fighters or something completely the opposite. But I got an early peek at it and it's fantastic. Go check it out. And a quick plug for other people on Substack who you should check out. Chip, obviously, Kelly Thompson, Rodney Barnes, Saladin Ahmed, James, Tiny Onion Studios. I mean, he's been on here for a while. Donnie Cates, Ryan Stegman, John Hickman, Sophie Campbell. Go follow everyone because everyone is loving the community and, and being a part of this and the connection that it allows for us with you. So thanks again. Anything you want from me, leave me comments. Email Best Jacket Press on the website. Tyler will take all your questions. And uh, yeah, let's keep going.